Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Lynn. This week, we are joined by your Miss Mississippi, Emmy Perkins. Emmy, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Well, hello, everybody. I'm Miss Mississippi, Emmy Perkins, and I'm so honored to be invited on this podcast today. I'm excited to get to chat with you, Victoria. But I am Miss Mississippi, and I have served since this past June, and I'll give up my title this upcoming June, but I have a platform about music called Music is Medicine. So the center of what I've really done this year as Miss Mississippi is taking music and the arts to hospitals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and then also school systems. So I'm trying to work through all 82 counties to bring Music is Medicine to a school in each county. And so I'm actually halfway done on that 82 county tour, and I've got to keep on kicking in gear starting back this Monday. So it's really exciting. It's kept me busy, but it's been a life-changing job to be Miss Miss Mississippi. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what music is medicine and what you do, what your goal is, how you're interacting with your community? Yes, absolutely. So I actually got recognized for music is medicine nationally at Miss America. I won the Jean Bartle Social Impact Award and $10,000 in scholarships for my efforts. But basically, Music is Medicine began in September of 2019 with a dream of mine. Um, I've always grown up as an artistic child. I loved the arts as a, in school and throughout my life. And I was very involved in show choir, dance, drama class, you name it. I was signed up for it. I was the theater nerd. And so when I got to college, I was a pre-med major. And then I also minored in music. And I started to put together this correlation of the amazing things that music did for people in terms of its medicinal effect. And so often in our world, people are over-medicated. Doctors try to turn the dial up and the dial down just to make people feel better using prescriptions. But at the end of the day, music can do things that are unspeakable. And so music is medicine, like I mentioned before, brings music and the arts to hospitals, nursing homes, and school systems. I work super closely with the Department of Education. And then I also work with a group called Musicians on Call out of Nashville, Tennessee, and then some other local partners here in Mississippi that kind of have the same mission as me, but it's been a joy to see how music has transformed people's lives in all age categories that I take music to. You know, there was an instance that comes to mind of walking into an assisted living facility and performing music as medicine and an elderly man in the back of the room never paid attention during my program, but at the very end, Ava Maria came on and he started singing in the most beautiful operatic voice and everybody turned to him and thought, what in the world? Where did this voice come from? And his nurse actually told us all that he had severe dementia. He didn't remember his wife. He didn't remember his children, but he remembered his years as a professional opera singer. So that just goes to show how impactful music can truly be and what music is medicine kind of does in a gist. I know that was very long-winded, but that's kind of the heart of what I do as a musician and through music is medicine. No, that's absolutely incredible. And and you're exactly right. I've had the opportunity to work with a handful of other title holders that do something similar. And it's really wonderful to see how music and the arts really change people's lives. I come from a family where dementia and Alzheimer's kind of run through it. And so it's really interesting seeing the impact that that music really can have on people. Um, It's really awesome what you're doing. So I'm excited that you're here. One thing I had the opportunity though, as I was kind of doing a little bit more research about you is kind of your background and how you got into performing. So can you tell our listeners more about the Rat Pack? 
Yes, the Rat Pack. So I'd say like from the beginning of my performing life to now, I actually tried so many different hobbies growing up. Um, soccer, I wasn't very good at dance. There's a lot of things that I wasn't very good at and I felt like weren't really my thing. And so in the fourth grade, I looked at my mom and I said, I want to be in Annie the Musical because we had a local production in town. And so she took me to the auditions and I did a live audition in front of all the parents and community members. And when I opened my mouth to sing, my mom's jaw hit the floor because she was like, where did this come from? Nobody in our family is a singer. So it was kind of just, you know, God given out of nowhere. And I ran with it from that day forward. And it became my entire life to be involved in the arts. And so you asked about Rat Pack in high school, I actually was asked to be a part of a performance troupe called the Rat Pack, which stands for Reject All Tobacco Pack. And we traveled around to school systems across our great state, and we would do different presentations that included music and the arts to teach kids about the dangers of nicotine and tobacco usage. And it's so full circle to me because that experience in high school almost helped me create a a curriculum for students for music as medicine. And then I also, on top of that, as Miss Mississippi, get to promote um, anti-vaping through my partnership with Mississippi's Academy of Family Physicians. And so it's been so amazing to see all these doctors and healthcare workers reach out to me, wanting me to promote their messages because I am involved in the medicinal side of things through music as medicine. And that doesn't just go, it goes beyond just music. So I've been able to use my voice and my platform, my experience to teach kids a lot of different things. That's been amazing. Wonderful. And I think it's great that you can tie this back in a way that's impacting the next generation. And that's one of the big things I will say as somebody who focuses on sustainability that we look for is how we can impact the next generation. But of course, physical and mental health topics are are really common. And again, something that we look at when it comes to the sustainable development goals. In fact, sustainable development goal three, which is good health and well-being, primarily focuses on the improvement of the care that we offer patients, increasing research and creating innovation opportunities. Of course, finding ways to cure a variety of illnesses, music uh, being one of those impacts that we look at. And so this week we're gonna be looking at the impact that music has on people everywhere. And according to the Jed Foundation, taking part in any form of the performing arts, whether it's taking part in the actual performing part or just being a spectator can lessen the impacts of depression and anxiety. As somebody who serves as an advocate for the performing arts, what is an impact that you've seen music have on the people that you serve? Absolutely. I think that as Miss Mississippi, it's had a huge impact on myself and my mental health. I think a lot of times people don't see the hard side of being a title holder or being a state title holder. They just see the glamour and the beautiful dresses. But you know, it goes a, very much beyond that. I spent a lot of time traveling. I've traveled over 40,000 miles in seven and a half months. And so a lot of that is driving alone. And so for me, music is my crutch. It's my safe place. It's what I turn to when I am alone, when I am on those long car rides. And it really does recharge me to be able to be ready and be the best version of myself when I get to that next location or that next appearance. But one instance that comes to mind about the mental health of a child being improved through music as medicine was a visit that I made to a school system um, back in the beginning of my reign as Miss Mississippi. So the story here, it's kind of a, it's kind of a complicated story, but I'm going to paint the picture for everybody. It started at a local Dairy Queen um, about two months after I was crowned Miss Mississippi and I was doing miracle treat day, serving ice cream. And a little boy walked in with his social worker and he was getting 
um, transported from one foster home to the next. It was a foster kid. So, you know, served him an ice cream cone, moved on, never thought twice about it. Well, I go to a school system in Mississippi and I present music as medicine to a classroom because I'm doing one in every in every county. Um, and so I go present that music as medicine program. And the little boy comes up to me and goes, do you remember me? I'm the boy from Dairy Queen. This is so much fun to bring music into my life when I'm going through so many hard things at home. So, you know, so crazy. Keep that in mind. Well, I go to another county at the top of our state um, and he has been placed back in his biological family's home. And I'm doing music as medicine at this this um, school at the very north part of our state. And I get a tap on my shoulder after the program's finished. And I turn around and the little boy goes, no way. I've gotten to do music as medicine twice. And I've gotten to meet Miss Mississippi three times in six months. And I just, you know, chills all over my body, tears in my eyes. It was such a surreal experience to know that the things we do as title holders make an impact. Music makes an impact. And for those who don't believe in its power and its strength, just hear a story like that and your mind will change. And I think that's kind of a perfect transition into my next question. You said the power yeah. of music is something that a lot of people might not recognize. Yes. We're seeing a huge decrease in arts funding across the country. Yes. What do you think we can do to support our local arts programs? Absolutely. So coming from Mississippi, I love my great state. It's incredible, but we are last in so many things with education being one of them. And so I've been able to work really closely with the Mississippi Department of Education on updates with our state on what we're doing to get arts more integrated into the classroom. And so one way that we find that we can make the arts relevant is by promoting the message of the arts through social emotional learning. And I truly believe that states that don't have much funding can adopt the social emotional learning curriculum in their classrooms with their teachers, even if they're not music teachers, because it's free, it's affordable, and it's easy, and anybody can do it. And so what I'm doing with the Department of Education is kind of promoting a curriculum where we use music to check in with the child's well-being every day. So, you know, what song do you identify with today? How does this song make you feel? When you're sad, what song can you listen to to make you feel happy? And so that's one small change I feel like I've been able to implement in schools across Mississippi, even when the funding isn't there. But um, in terms of really genuinely getting that funding into school systems, it's showing up, it's speaking to legislators, it's being an example of what music can do through social media. I know that that's so powerful as well, but just really being present in person and on social media. The pandemic was obviously and has obviously had a huge impact on people all over the world, specifically yes. children, um, as they were kind of forced to transition to this virtual model. I know that you have done a lot of virtual programming. So can you tell us about the virtual education program that you created? Yes, yes. So I, during the pandemic, Music is Medicine was kind of brand new and then the pandemic hits and I realized that I couldn't just stop what I was doing just because we weren't physically allowed to be together in a classroom. And I knew that students needed music and the arts more now than they did ever because we were living through a global pandemic. My sister is a dancer. She's in high school. And at the time of the pandemic, she was in middle school. But she actually suffered from really severe anxiety and depression because she didn't have her daily dance class in school. And so I went to our state superintendent and I said, you know, let's formulate something 
on Flipgrid. It's this amazing app that students can download and let's share videos with the kids and connect with them while they're at home. And so what I would do was I would create a video of me maybe, you know, reading a book, talking about genres and literature and relating that to music. And then these kids would be able to respond back with singing, with songs that they liked, with the way music made them feel. And so we were able to interactively re, uh, respond to one another. And I felt like that was a really cool way for these kids to stay connected in a time when most of them are so isolated. But, you know, one of the saddest parts of all of that is being that Mississippi has a lot of rural areas. And so a lot of our students didn't have that access to Wi-Fi and Internet. So that was hard as well. But the virtual programming definitely did keep us connected in a time when we were so isolated. Switching gears a little bit, what led you to get involved with the Miss America organization? Yes. So if you asked me three years ago, if I was going to ever be Miss Mississippi, I would say, absolutely not. (laughs) This is nothing that I could imagine for myself. You know, I'm living a dream, but a dream that I never knew would be possible for me. And so honestly, I know it's a basic, boring, generic answer, but the reason I got involved with this organization was scholarship dollars. I realized that I wanted to pay for my education and graduate completely debt-free. And so the only way I knew to do that was through this organization. I mean, I wasn't an athlete. I had great grades, but that would only take me so far in terms of paying for everything. So I signed up for my first preliminary at 18 years old. I got um, a title that year and then the pandemic struck and, you know, waited a whole nother year, competed at Miss Mississippi, kind of dipped my toe in the water and learned what all what all of it was about. And then I realized that I could compete again. And I competed at my university and a university title here in Mississippi at some places gets you full tuition for an entire year. So that was a game changer. So I competed then and I went back to Miss Mississippi as Miss Mississippi State University. And I was kind of cruising. I was good. I worked really hard, but I knew in my heart, you know, I've already paid for my tuition for an entire year. I'm doing good. I'm, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then I won Miss Mississippi and my life changed. And I'm now a firm believer that whatever is meant to be will be. And it truly was a great, great part of God's plan for my life that I never expected to happen to me. What has been your favorite part uh, or favorite moment as Miss Mississippi? My favorite moment is definitely the people. I always say that the people are the reason behind what I do. Um, And, you know, kids are so funny and I spend a lot of time with them. So one of the first classrooms I went into is Miss Mississippi. A kid raised their hand and said, hey, Miss Mississippi, can you lower the gas prices for us? And it was just such a funny moment, but also a moment where it all sunk in that they think I matter. So I have the impact and the ability to change their lives and inspire them. The reason I do what I do is because I feel like Mississippians and people across the world need hope. And title holders, whether they're at the local level, the state level, or the national level, they can bring that hope to people who are hopeless. And every single time I walk into a school, I remind kids, I remind people in the assisted living facility that there is hope on the other side. And if you work hard, you can achieve whatever dream you set your mind to, no matter how young, no matter how old, no matter where you come from. And so that's been really incredible to be a part of. And to be a mentor, to be somebody that people look up to. It's such an incredible superpower that I feel like we possess as title holders. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? 
I definitely believe in the power of hard work. So I want to leave the legacy that, you know, I did everything that I could and I left it all in this year. But then also I want to leave a legacy of kindness and authenticity. That was kind of my mission statement as Miss Mississippi. When I won, I, I sat down and thought, what is my goal this year when it comes to the people that I interact with? And so this one sentence that I keep saying to myself over and over as I do my job stuck with me. And that's, I want to be an authentic, inclusive Miss Mississippi that makes everybody she meets feel like a somebody. So I want everybody to feel the same, whether I am talking to the clerk at the gas station on my way to my next location or whether I'm on a big stage performing or, you know, meeting a a seven or eight year old. I always want to be the same person. I always want to make people feel like they matter and that their voice is heard because a lot of times people get confused and they think that this job is about themselves, but you quickly learn this is a service over self job. It's not about you. It's about the people that you can impact and the things that you can do in terms of leaving a legacy. And that's to make the people around you feel as if they matter. It's been so wonderful hearing you talk about what it is meant to be a title holder to you. And, and I think you're exactly right is that there's, there's an image of what a title holder is for people outside of this organization. And then those of us who live it every day understand it. And I think that there is a step up when you're being a state title holder. So I want to thank you for your time in this organization and for your service. So I do have one last question for you before we close out our interview today. And this is something I've asked every guest on this show thus far. What is the one thing that you would tell or one piece of advice that you would give to a young person that wants to help change the world? Absolutely. So if I'm thinking back to, you know, what thoughts went through my head when I was younger, I would tell those young children or, you know, tell younger me to continue to be yourself, continue to lean into the things that you're passionate about, no matter who tells you no, or who doesn't believe in you or what you feel is holding you back. You don't have to be doing the coolest thing in the room, but one day your hard work, your dedication will pay off. And I think of a quick story I want to tell you relating to this topic is when I was younger and I did discover my love for music and singing, my mom took me to New York city to train with this vocal teacher because I just wanted to be on Broadway. That was my dream. And so I walked in and I started singing and the lady goes, stop what you're doing right now. She said, if you sing like that, you'll never make it on Broadway. And I walked out into the streets of New York city. I was in sixth grade and I was crying and I was like, mom, if she says I can't, then I should give up now. And my mom looked at me and said, you know, Emmy, you can use people's words like that to to shut you down or you can use it to motivate you and push you forward in life to prove her wrong. And so I think that if somebody like that could see me today, she would be in total shock about where I am. And I'm just glad that little Emmy didn't ever stop and that she had a mentor in her life tell her, use it as a form of motivation. So that's what I would remind younger girls to do and younger children, because you truly can do anything you set your mind to. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute privilege getting to hear your story and what your experience has been. Well, I appreciate you. This has been so much fun and I love getting to know you as well. And I hope all the best things for your program as you head towards the state program. Well, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you can learn all about Emmy's mission to heal the world with music by following her at Miss America MS and Emmy Perkins on Instagram and online at emmyperkins.com. Learn about how you can help achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. 
and sustainability starts with you. Join the hashtag SysPodNation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening.